Stay tuned for a conversation with Franklin Town Councilor Mel Hamblin coming up next on Chapters. My name's Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. In studio today, we have Melanie Hamblin, town counselor, uh, business owner, and farmer extraordinaire. Welcome, Mel. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me, Jim. Hey, we were just talking. We're, we're having a great time already, and we hadn't even started <laughs> recording. Um, as we were just speaking about the way that I met Mel was at her newly, relatively new, 2016 you opened uh, officially, you and your husband. Correct. Uh, the Agway store, which is right here on Cottage Street, uh, almost to the train tracks. Correct. Right? Well, there is train tracks that go right behind it because it used to be the Eastern States exchange for farmers. And right. so there was a tr- they used to exchange grains from the train. That was really cool because they... they there's so many train tracks back yeah. there that that's the way America moved things. Right. And and they yeah. would actually meet there in that building, and then they would haul stuff across town uh, by horse and sled and everything right. else. It's really quite a historic location is what I was it trying is. to say. It is. The Eastern States Farmers Exchange was has been there since 1954 mm-hmm. it started. So it's been like a an Agway, kind of like a grain feed store since then. (laughs) I have been tremendously impressed with Mel because she's easy to talk to. We got talking at the Agway, and next thing I knew, you were running for town council. And (laughs) you had told me your history. You've only been in Franklin since 2010. Correct. Right? You You were working at a hospital in downtown Boston when you first got here and commuting by train, right? Correct. I worked at Children's Hospital in a research lab there. We, the lab that I worked in, we worked, we worked on hematology and oncology. So we tried to develop, figure out how blood develops normally mm-hmm. in people, what causes cancers to occur in, in the genes, the different mutations that occur. And we also made mouse models of the, of the human cancers. Um, so I lived there, I worked there for 17 years. Yeah. I went on the same train line. Uh-huh. So I was on the Franklin train line. Now, prior to doing, being a researcher, yeah. what were you doing, Mel? Uh, well, before Children's, I worked at Brandeis University Doing as a research. researcher. Oh, okay. So you've always been so, in research. <laughs> yep. yep. I worked on the the clock uh, circadian rhythm projects that actually just won the Nobel Prize no in medicine last year. No kidding. So Tell I me worked more. with those people. Uh-huh. Um, I did that work. I was a technician in the lab. And so it was all about trying to figure out the different genes that are involved in the clock circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. We worked with Drosophila at that time. And yeah. we would like the first people to figure out how uh, to take a gene out and put a different gene back and put a gene back in and make an, an arrhythmic fly rhythmic. So we figured out the first gene. Fascinating. So yeah. you've been into research your whole yeah, adult about life. 30 right? years. Yeah, including yeah. schooling. Yeah. And, and where I'm going with this is when we met, you had just just purchased the Agway. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's independently known. People should know this is your business. Yeah, independently there's no Agway Corporation or anything. It's just really a brand right now. Right, they, right. Agway went out of business in 2000. Right, and I don't think, I know I didn't know that yeah. until I read about it uh, when I was doing my show prep. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think that's important because we all want local businesses not only to survive but to thrive. And uh, stopping in at Agway, you literally are stopping in and meeting the owners, working with the owners, and you guys have a great shop there. Um, so I you. encourage people yeah. to stop in and say hello to Mel and your husband. 
as well. And his yeah. name is? His name is Neil. Neil. Yeah. Um, so what has Neil done uh, prior to the Agway experience? Well, Neil is in science, too. Yeah. Uh, he was at Children's Hospital with, he worked, I, we met each other at, in Brandeis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went to Children's, but he worked in a different lab with uh, fish. So he did he did blood research in, in zebrafish with yep. lens on. Yep. I don't know if you might hear him. He talks about the, he's always on the um, legal seafood commercials. Come on. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then Neil went over to MIT and he yeah. worked in, um, the cognitive research, uh, the brain research area over at MIT for a while, Man. and he's a track coach. And I no, we, you, have, we all have we have suddenly, a lot of different different things. Suddenly, I'm, like. I'm, I'm, inti- I'm intimidated by this interview. <laughs> suddenly, but <laughs> there's more gray matter. I try not to be you. too smart all yeah, the time. Yeah. You know? I'm really more goofy. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> What's intriguing to me is that. I walk into your store and remember getting a little bit of this history from from you, Mel, Mm -hmm. and thinking to myself, wow, am I jealous? They made that choice to parachute out of corporate America and take the plunge right Right. into owning an independent business. What was it like making that choice? What were some of the variables that were going on in your life at the time? So we had, we actually tried to purchase the Agway twice. Uh Uh-huh. Really? Yes. No, a lot of people don't know that. It no. took about two and a half years for us to mm-hmm. to go through everything. We did it once, and it broke, and it didn't work at, at the near the end. Yep. Um, so it's very. It was. We went through kind of a very stressful time. We both were out of work for a while. Mm. I had started a new job, and then I couldn't stand it anymore, and so I I quit. And then uh, my dad was having an open open bypass surgery open heart surgery mm-hmm. and i i felt like this would give me a chance to spend some time with him he was 89 at the time sure and he had uh his surgeon was the surgeon that was shot that at beth israel no kidding at um was it beth no yeah, it was, uh, no, it it was, was uh, brigham and women brigham uh, and women yeah we had brought we had brought him in for pre-op yeah tests the day that the dr michael richards i right. think was his name mm-hmm um, the day that Michael Richards was shot. The day that he was shot. Yeah, so we were there in the in the hospital area, um, in the Reed area, and that was my that's Longwood Medical Area. That's where I went for 17 years, right? So I knew other people there. Um, I could feel the sense of like that horror that was there. It was really scary. Um, and you were on lockdown for a little while. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, luckily, we had we had got there, and they had shifted all the pre-op people to the main hospital, so we didn't go into the cardiac unit at that time. Um, so, so I was glad that we were there. We that we could actually be there with my parents, and it was like a really good thing that right. that um, that I had left the the job that I was in that I was really kind of unhappy about. Um, but everything, it just so the so we got through that. But he mm. had to wait a little bit longer, so he got sicker, and um, they had to find a new surgeon for him. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and he was really old, and people really didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we. So I would, but I was there for him for it. Like every day, I could go into the hospital and be there with him and 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 work through his rehab and his and his recuperation, right? Um, and that was really important to be able to do that. So I guess that 
it was really kind of a struggle, right? Where are we going to do? What are we going to do next? We didn't have jobs. So like, this, <laughs> I was just going to say, at this point, you've got, you, you don't have any jobs to fall back on, which is something you're really used to doing yes. for 30 plus years, right? right? Um, both of you are in the same boat, um, yeah. which is unusual to say the least. You've got the stress of having your dad's illness. You have this terrible event. And you're trying to purchase the Agway, or you had purchased it at this we point? We hadn't. You hadn't. We hadn't. So this, is, so, a, this is a tough, tough time for you guys. Yeah, we went, it was really it was really difficult. Mm. I, th- I would say that we were bo- both really depressed. Mm. Uh, we couldn't find a job. I did then. I did find a job. Neil found a job in Providence. I found a job in Providence um, working for a company called Napsis, which is some folk, actually my boss was a person that lives in Franklin. Mm-hmm, really? And I used to see him when I went down to the train every day. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know, we didn't know who we were, who the other person was, right? Um, which was really kind of funny because I would wave at him. I would go take my moped yeah. down to the train station and I would wave at this person had no idea every day, every day going, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> and then I interviewed with him and I went, wait a minute. Do you I live knew. in Franklin? He goes, I live on Dean Street. I'm like, I go by, I wish to go by you every day and wave at you. That's um, hysterical. So you yeah. never know who no, you're you going to go by, be right? Be careful who you're, so who be you're nice smiling and kind at. Be nice to, to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so we, we got these jobs, and then um, the the business that I worked with worked for um, went out of business, and then Neil got fired again. <laughs> not, not again, but... He he just couldn't take it. Like I he needs he needed to be his own boss. So yep, yep. so all of a sudden we had these jobs. We were doing great and we were happy. And then we lost everything again. Um, and then I said I said the the one thing of all the changes that we've we've, we've gone through the past year, it's like the one thing I regret is that we didn't like we let go of the Agway dream. Like we wow. we didn't um, we didn't stick to it. So. If it ever comes up for sale again, we're not going to let go, mm-hmm. right? And that, and it did come up again, and we didn't let go, and it worked the second time. <laughs> what a great! I really appreciate you sharing that with me because it was not I, an easy time. I, for I us. can see the pain in your eyes, yeah. and and I really believe that pain um, is is kind of where the real metal is is forged, if you will. Um, if you can sit in that pain long enough, and get lessons out of that pain it's amazing the doors that open and and what it can almost mold you into doing uh, that you might not have done otherwise right as an example (laughs) you may not have been pressed to follow the dream that you had almost given up on when agway was when the when it didn't close right if you hadn't been in all that pain right yeah yeah definitely and and as a result as a result you might have had the woulda coulda shouldas i wonder what it would have happened if we bought the agway and so on and so forth so the happy news is that you didn't give up on that dream and that the two of you agreed and purchased it in uh, uh, January 2016. Is that about March. right? March. March 2016. Okay. Yeah. So towards the uh, uh, middle of the year there. And you guys open that store and, and take a real leap of faith. This is going to work, right? <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. And and tell me about your background. What made the two of you think that Agway would be appealing to you? Well, um I, I like to think of it as a hardware store for my lifestyle, right? So yeah, walking in there, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So um, I do a lot of gardening. I worked when I was when I was like sixteen on. I worked at one of my my friends' landscape architecture mm-hmm. um, shop. I used to r- help my mom and and 
her partner grow plants and, and greenhouses for their flower shop and their landscape store. Um, and, you know, I've had had chickens and bees, and I've always been want, want to be outside and get my hands dirty. Uh, just the other day I was going through some of my, some of the old back, you know, when you have your kids have all these old, do. you know, like school files and everything. Yeah. So I was like, I was found one of my son's things that said like, what is, what is my, what is a mom, you know, yeah. from Mother's Day thing, right? Sure, sure. And one of the things I think about all the time is he wrote, a mom isn't afraid to get sweaty or dirty. I love <laughs> so, that. Isn't so that something out of the That's what he babes. remembers, right? Yeah. All right, so um, we did spend a lot of time down at the Agway because it had things like, you know, chicken feed, dog feed, um, you know, plants and soils and, you know, things to things to grow stuff with, sure. right? So sure. we did spend a lot of time down there anyways. Yeah. It was kind of the things that I would do when I would get off the train mm-hmm. and the, on the weekends. Like, that was my weekend thing, right? So I'd be on the train going into Boston. I'd be gone for like 11 hours a day. I'd come home on the weekends. I would... Be outside in the garden. So you're taking, this is your hobby and passion. Correct. More than just a casual hobby. This was your passion. Right. And um, and I, made a go of it. Some people would call it therapy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I got a, I've got a really good friend who suffered a terrible loss of a loss to son. And um, her, mm. her, her therapy is her garden yes. and, and her enormous garden. Um, and it grows and grows and grows every year. And it quite literally, she, she attributes it to saving her life gardening and that activity. Definitely. I just want to take a minute and remind everybody, we're speaking with Mel Hamblin. Mel is a town counselor here in Franklin and owner of the Agway store right here on Cottage Street in Franklin. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, www.chaptersradio.com. So Mel, um, you decide to give it a go. And how has it been since 2016? We're now coming up on two full years. Yeah, past two full well, years. Yeah, two past year, two past two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's been really great. I think, from the thing that I like the most about it is that I have these like maybe it's three or four hours a day that I'm not on the train. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I used to have a lot of train buddies, and I still have them. Right. Yeah. So we would all get, sit in the same place. We'd sing happy birthday to each other. We yep. would like. Whenever any a big event happened, we'd have a party on the train, or we'd just like always be together, and we, and so we had this nice community on the train. So I feel like wherever I go, I kind of build these kind of crazy communities, yeah. right? Um, and the store is no different. The store is no different, and also I have time to, I had time to reach out to our local farmers, right? So that's that's what brought me into the town politics right. and how the town works so because I had time. When we bought the Agway, I walked down, I went down to one of the local farmers here in town and I said, look, I, the reason why I moved to Franklin was because there was open space. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like we had lost a couple of little farms recently. And I asked him, like, what can I do to help you? I actually have time now. I'm not, I'm not on the train all the, every day. I'm in town. Mm-hmm. right?" And he said, well, the number one thing the farmers could need is someone to help them create an agricultural commission and to have a say in town politics yeah. and what goes on. Yeah. I mean, right. right. Because other than people like me complaining that there's no open space, the farmers really didn't have a voice at that point. Right. 
Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And you provided a really loud voice. And, 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 <laughs> I can and, be loud. Yeah. Well, I mean that in the best of ways. I mean that in the best of ways because you always do it with a smile. But the point is, um, what what is the what is the importance to me, to the average citizen of Franklin? What's the importance in recognizing agriculture and farming in our community? Why is it important to me? Or why should well, it be? I, I think if you're if you're interested in in saving open space, farmers are one of the ones that have have a lot of have spa- open yep. space. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives it gives people a chance to get some fresh local nutrition nutritional food. Mm-hmm. And what I think is the most important thing is to show our children that there's something else that they can do, that they don't have to go into finance, that they don't have to they don't have to be on their phone all the time, and they don't have to play games video games that they can be out on a farm they can be out in the dirt it's okay uh, to to get dirty it's imp- it's important that we, we need we need new farmers we need young farmers in in our community to help keep us safe and, and keep our food safe to give us fresh fr- fresh local nutritional mm-hmm. foods mm-hmm. and just to to have a sense of who we are, that we're human and that we're a part of the earth, like mm-hmm. we're attached to the earth. It helps connect us all together. You know, I, I the way, you know, and the passion in your eyes and, and um, the guts to actually believe that and not only believe it, but follow through on it as, as you live your life. It's really interesting to me because what you're doing is you're saying we, we need to be connected, I think, to who we are, which is people that need to eat food and everything else. But but more importantly, to a sense of emotional health and freedom. Um, that we can do this. We don't have to be in the matrix. We don't have to uh, <laughs> fall in line and put a suit on or whatever. Today's, I guess, they're not wearing many suits these days. But like you said, be plugged into your phones and social media. That that doesn't have to be your world, and you don't have to be defined by those types of expectations. I think that's what I hear you saying. Yes, thank you for saying it so so mm. profoundly. No, <laughs> you, you you brought it, but I but it really it really hits me because I think that um, the more of us that 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 let people, young people particularly, know that it's okay to take those adventures, the healthier we can make our planet. Because who wouldn't have wanted to been given that freedom uh, when they were younger? I spent, I enjoyed my career in, in the insurance and risk management business, but it wasn't my passion, yeah. to be honest, Mel. My passion was fishing, commercial <laughs> fishing, uh, not far away from farming, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved it. I used to harpoon swordfish off Martha's Vineyard. I used to lobster. And I'll never forget sitting across the table at my future mother-in-law's table in Syracuse, <laughs> New York. And her, her husband's a, a, an anesthesiologist and her daughter's studying to be a lawyer. And they look across and they say, and I got hair down on my shoulders. And, you know, I'm sitting near my flannel shirt. Right, and, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> chomping on on a, on a piece of lamb or something. She, they look across the table and they say, "So, Jim, what is it you want to be?" And I said, "A commercial fisherman." You could you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> and you know, I didn't I didn't right. follow that dream. Although I'm not dead yet, so you know, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. I'll go to Uncas Pond and start harvesting. Well, but... I guess I guess the thing is like that story proves the point, right? Yes. Like you should be able to be the fisherman, and if people want if people want to eat good food they should say yes please be a farmer be a aquaculturist right or be a be a fisherman please bring right. us some good stuff right but isn't it a matter of doing what you're doing and that's 
having the conversation and keeping it front and center all the time, and then it gets renormalized, if you will. So right. I'll give you an example. Yeah. The other day I'm listening to 102.9 FM, WFPR, Franklin Public Radio, driving down the road, and I heard a commercial, a public service uh, ad, about being careful about tractors. That farmers oh, are out yes. on their tractors <laughs> and that, you know, they don't move the same way as automobiles and this and that. And I thought, yep. isn't that cool? Here I am in Franklin, and we got an ad about farmers and their tractors, and I know who was responsible <laughs> for it. So um, The Agricultural Commission. Right, right. But I, I think I think it's, it's really important to have people have the courage to step out of the everyday norm and and start making this part of our language. Put it front and center. Celebrate places like Tangerines. Is that the name of the farm mm-hmm. down in, in Millis? Millis or, yeah. um, and there's there's many many others even here. So recently, something in town happened that uh, changed zoning so that people could um, more freely farm, if you will. Can you yes. explain to me what happened? Yeah. So um, it's actually the process has been going on for a few years mm-hmm. now, but there was recent. Most recently, there were a bunch of citizens in the in the town that wanted to be able to have a backyard flock of chickens for their kids to learn how to take care of right. chickens and um, the zoning was so that you had to have at least a hundred feet from every lot line to be able to have chickens so you really needed over an acre like an acre right um, and it had to be a certain shape yeah that keeps a lot of people out right and yeah. re- and most recently I think we've had You've seen like Somerville has chicken uh, has allowed backyard flocks yeah. of chickens. Uh, uh, Brookline and Watertown actually has one of the best zoning and board of health regulations around chickens. Mm-hmm. And Tom Mercer actually found that really, and and he thought that we should follow uh, Watertown's lead. Great. Um, so yeah, so he was really it was re- he was really a proponent in it, about it. I think that it's more about for me. Um, it was more about protecting the right to farm mm. and protecting our citizens' right to grow our own and make our own food. You know, really, really important. I have friends who have chickens here in Franklin, and they must have had the right size lot because they've had them for years. Well, they're you know, off the record, there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of chickens that uh, are illegal in town. Good point. So maybe I've been eating <laughs> illegal eggs. I apologize now <laughs> to but, all my friends. But I think I think um, yeah. So. But hopefully people now will feel so so here's the thing, yeah, right. Uh, we live in a right to farm state. Mm-hmm. We should be able to have a backyard flock of chickens if we want. Mm-hmm. And if our neighbor if we have them in it, if we take care of them well, right, we follow the board of health regulations. And people that have had them have felt um, like they need to keep everything a secret. Yeah, right, right. Right. So you so you walk around like, yeah, I have chickens, but I can't really talk about it. Or uh, like I have. <laughs> can't tell you where I got this egg, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to me, I, I don't like that feeling of you get, well, just have your chickens and see if, if nobody complains, it's okay. Right. Like to me, that's not okay. Let's change the regulations so more people can have them and we can be happy about it and we don't have to have it a secret. So now I can have um, like chickens. How, that how I do you can... get rid of like any kind of stigma if you can't talk about it? Right, exactly. So right. now I can raise chickens while I'm growing my squash and my cucumbers and, and you're just adding to the lines, if you will, that, that we can do as farmers here as right. self uh, right, and it's a right to farm, right? right? We live in a state that we have a right to farm. It doesn't we, really work if you don't have a right. <laughs> if they take away one of the rights, yeah. Right, and if you or if they make it almost impossible for you to do it, right? Yep, yep. And we need to be able to do it 
in a way that's okay. Yeah. Hey, but, Mel, um, what are some of the activities? So I'm a parent listening to this, and, and my, my boys are all grown now, but I love what you're talking about here, about getting young people enthusiastic, about getting dirty, getting sweaty, <laughs> learning about soil and, and propagating right. and taking care of uh, plants. And there's so much that can be learned. I, I don't have to tell you. I'm preaching to the choir. How can I get my youngsters involved in farming? Well, you... Franklin has a community garden mm-hmm. that you can actually rent a, a small space. Mm-hmm. One of the goals of the Agricultural Commission is to find some land in town that we can create a, a, a larger garden, a larger farm area where we can do some kind of uh, teaching mm-hmm. and some kind of like maybe some basic farming or even rent a space yep. to, to a young person who wants to see if they can farm, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. To, to learn that how it's not really that easy. Mm-hmm. One of, that's one of the things I like about trying to get people involved in like growing your own lettuce or like starting from seed with tomatoes mm-hmm. is that people learn that it's not really that easy. And to pay my farmer a good wage to grow it for me is worth it. That's a that's a great point. <laughs> right? I, I hadn't really it's considered It's really not that. that easy to grow food. Right. It's not that easy. On On the flip side of that, there's a lot of care that goes in uh, to, to right. farming. Uh, and right? if you don't take care of something... Exactly. And the work. metaphors from there, it goes into relationships and business Everything. and integrity. And yes. are you doing what you say you're doing? I mean, you could go on and on and on. Right. And then there's also the conversations I can only imagine that happen over farming activities with young people. So if I've got if I've got God, if I was lucky enough, my grandson out in a field and, and I'm hunkered over, you know, uh, working on the plants, you have a captive audience with no competition. There's no Radio <laughs> 1, hopefully. There's no uh, right. Facebook or texting or anything else going on. What an opportunity, right, to slow the life down and to start talking to young people about right. what just, really matters. Just think about the bonds you can you can make with people, not even like your own family, but other people in the community. Right. 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 And well, then you get to share that with other people. Yeah, it takes on spiritual. It's a spiritual exercise. Um, and it's one, you know, an intellectual ep- exercise. And also, as you said before, there is that that grounding that you get when you're in the earth, literally. Yes. Um, so, Mel, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, you decide to run for town council, having only lived here for short, relatively short period of time. It's not even relative. It's a very short <laughs> period of time. Although I'll have to admit, when I met you, I felt like I, I just somehow had missed you in town because you seemed so well acquainted with what was going on. What caused you to want to run for town council? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I I guess when I first started to help the farmers create an agricultural commission, I started to go to the town council meetings. Yeah. Uh, so before the before even the we had to get all of our signatures, I had already been going for about eight months. Uh, it's very interesting how the town works, how things happen. Mm-hmm. I never, I never understood that before. Like you, because you just, there's a lot that goes on for every little single piece of um, bylaw change that happens. And it's very, it was. I, I always feel like, well, you got to figure, see how things work before you can figure out how you can get the things that you want to get done done. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Um, so that's my that's the scientist that's the scientist in me. and researcher. The, in research, me. Yeah. I got to do my research first. Gosh, I hate you people. You're so smart. My <laughs> wife's my wife's a scientist. Anyway, <laughs> I, but I'm a scientist that knows how to laugh and talk yeah, to people. Exactly. So I'm a little different than you're a lot different. <laughs> happily, <laughs> but so <laughs> all right, so. So why did I learn? Why did I run for yeah. town council? So 
I felt like there there are a lot of people that wanted that wanted new faces that asked that would say things to me like, "Why do you go to that? I see or I see you on TV. You know, will you wear a different sweatshirt?" <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, I always have my pink tractor. I wear pink tractors a lot. I, did I don't see know that if a lot. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like wear a different shirt, William yeah. L. Because they always see me in the front row. Uh, but it seemed like something that um, I felt like I could help people. Yeah, people felt like they didn't have a voice mm-hmm. in the on the town council mm-hmm. that nobody would listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are the things that I that I would hear from people in in the town, in the store, in the bank, wherever I was, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so people and people wanted to see certain things happen, mm-hmm. and they felt like nobody took them seriously yeah, maybe the newer voices weren't being rep- well represented right yeah and yeah. maybe a new idea wasn't well yeah received. and i think they just they they just felt like they were even though it might not have been the truth they just felt like nobody they were being dismissed right constantly and it's hard to and argue I, against feelings when people feel a certain way they, it's fact perception right. is reality but, you know so you go so i go to the meetings and i see that i can see how they feel that way yeah right yeah. um and so I said, okay, so if I run, <laughs> well, so it's like people say, oh, nobody, nobody new ever gets voted in. Nothing else, nev- nothing ever changes. Right. It's like, well, how do we change things? How do we get more people to vote? The, we, the way we do that is to give them more ch- choices. Yeah. Right. So, okay. I'm like, all right, I'll be the, <laughs> I'll be the sacrificial lamb. I'll yeah. go out there and I'll run for town council. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'll just do it because it's the, it's the way we want America to work, right? And you know, right? and you know what? It was. <laughs> no, that... I didn't really expect to to be voted in. To be honest, I'll with tell you. you. You know what, Mel? I was, you just took the words out of my mouth. I saw you on the. Um, we were unloading some things for something out of a truck or into a truck, at the uh, town common. I didn't know you very well, but I looked at you and I said, "Boy, good luck!" And you had this this big sort of wide eyed <laughs> like you do now smile, and you said, "We'll see." But you didn't. It wasn't uh, sort of this. Trumpian sort of <laughs> certitude you had to say the op- to say the least, but it's a it's a very endearing quality because there's a humility to that, and uh, there's also an accessibility to that. That if you're a voter, you say, "Well, this is somebody I can talk to," that's, Hap- and that's happily, exactly. you won. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I feel. I yeah. I hope people feel like they can talk to me. Yep. You know, they can contact me mm-hmm. through the the town the town emails that we have. Right. Um, when I'm at the store, sometimes I can't talk sure. politics. So Understood. I just want people to understand that. Yeah. But you can contact me any other way. Mel, do you want to give yeah. out your uh, town email address? Yeah, sure. It's mhamblin at franklinma.gov. Dot gov. Yeah. So that's uh, H-A-M-B-L-E-N. Correct. M. An M Hamblin. Yep. yep. M. Yeah. Hamblin. Uh, and so you can you can reach her uh, either through that direct email address or um, just go to the town website and Google the town or just Google the town council of Franklin, Mass, and she'll come up. I have to say that I'm so glad that I went to the town council meetings for so long before I became a town counselor mm-hmm. so I could understand. So I kind of felt like there's this huge learning curve about what you can do, what we can say, when when we say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still haven't figured all that out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, it's and so it's... We I, I feel like we're, we're, beca- we're finally starting to gel as a team mm-hmm. And it it's really kind of fun, yeah. you know. Like we can do things. We can mm-hmm. we listen to people. We go to like neighborhood meetings about issues and and really get stuff done. Yeah. It's, it's been really good. Yeah, I want to remind everybody we're speaking with Franklin Town Councilor Mel Hamblin. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast www.chaptersradio.com. In addition to being Town Councilor Mel. 
uh, and her husband own the Agway, located right de- down here on Cottage Street. I highly encourage anybody that hasn't done so, stop in, even if you don't need anything in that particular day. I guarantee you'll find something you need while you're there. But <laughs> but uh, uh, but go in and say hello to Neil or or, or Mel um, and uh, introduce yourself. They'd be thrilled to, to see you. I hear this all the time when I'm walking around town. Where did all the small businesses go? Mm-hmm. You know, why the big box stores? I, w- I wish, oh, how I long for the old days. Well, I can. I had to look in the mirror one day some years ago and say to myself, if you want the small businesses around and you want that sense of community, you better start spending your money there because they're not 501c3 nonprofits. Um, somebody's got to put, <laughs> right. and, and you're not growing all That's your food, right. right, Mel? No, no, yeah. I so, can't. <laughs> yeah, so we have to support our small businesses and we really don't want them to, to become extinct. And it's part of what makes... Any small business here we've got a winery downtown here yeah um we've got a lot of small enterprises that need our support because it's part of what gives the town character right um so mel back to the town council what has been the biggest challenge for you since you were elected last november the biggest challenge uh well i think i touched on it before i'm just glad that i was there before to be Mm -hmm. able to know how things how things work Mm -hmm. i'm also, also on the economic development committee right and so we work on a lot of the zoning issues. There's a lot to learn, um, but it's very interesting to find out how the how the town works. So I'm still working. I'm still figuring out how all the different groups and boards actually work together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess one of the things that is really that kind of keeps me up at night. <laughs> I think sure. you're probably gonna think it's kind of funny, but um, I just. I actually contact a um, work with the ethics board a lot to mm-hmm. make sure that I can actually vote on certain things. Since I am a, a business owner and I own the property in the commercial zone, then I have to know like what I can vote on, what I can't vote on. It really, it really like I worry about it yeah, all the time actually, because actually, I want to make sure that I do the right thing. I think that that's what <laughs> makes a good. A good public uh, servant is someone who is constantly checking and double checking yeah. to make sure that they I have haven't... my own lawyer there, <laughs> right? So, so that they haven't, um, you know, inserted any bias into a situation that shouldn't be there, or right. in your case, voted on something that you'd be conflicted out of. Um, right. We had Glenn Jones in, and and that was very important to him. It's funny he brought up the same type of thing, Didn't making yeah. sure that the conflicts didn't exist. Yeah, um, and that transparency was important as well. Um, that people knew what was going on yes, uh, up in yes. the town. Um, I know that we spoke a little bit off here a few weeks ago, and I was asking you about challenges of being a town counselor, and you were complimenting our town administrator oh, yeah. and, and the assistant yeah. administrator. Jeff on, and Jamie. Yeah. They're, fa- they're fantastic. They make themselves available to you in between meetings. And, All the time. Yeah. So I, I'm always emailing them yeah. constantly. They're probably like, oh, when's Mel going to email us today? Right. Um, so whenever I have a question about anything, whenever somebody's come up to me and said anything, I see something on Facebook. I don't. I think we, especially if it's about a safety issue, mm-hmm. I like jump on it right away and and ask them like, how do we take care of this? Mm-hmm. We let's do something about this. Yeah. Um, I think most of the uh, uh, citizens don't realize the important role that the administrators play. You know? Yeah, they are. They know everything. So whenever I have a question about the budget, when I have a like, what, how does a the budget process even mm-hmm. like um they're like come in we'll talk about it mm-hmm. uh issue with the conservation commission say you know let's come in let's talk about it so any anything about space or the roads or everything mm-hmm. like they have all that in their heads mm-hmm. right so um and they're so willing and happy to talk about it i feel like you, that this is how we make 
um, this is how we build our bonds. This is how we build our relationships with the right. administration. And so to get to a point where we're like, yeah, we're really all, I want them to understand me. Yeah. And, and I always say to them, like, so my, I don't really like to have hidden agendas, talk about transparency. Like if I have an agenda, I'm going to tell you off the top of my head, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like with the Agriculture Commission, it was like, this is my agenda. If you haven't um, seen my sweatshirt <laughs> with the pink tractor on it. <laughs> well, or pink even the farmers, right? Yeah, they're like, yeah, at yeah. first they were like, well, what do you mean you're going to help us? And I'm like, okay, yeah. here's my agenda. I want you to be here so I can have some good food. That's that's why, that's what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Right. 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 And I want to be able to have some open space. Right. Uh, so I always tell people what, why, what I'm doing, but they're, and, and so I want everybody to understand where I'm coming from and build these relationships with people. So then they understand me when I say things, if I really need something, then they'll know. I I love what you said about building relationships. To me, that's, that's good politics. And politics isn't a dirty word. I mean, that is good. That <laughs> is politics. the way. That is the way to govern, right? Yeah. Locally, uh, and even yeah. nationally, is is to uh, is to have the ability to work with other people. Yes. To get to know them, get to know what their priorities are, and then if there's a conflict down the road, you'll know that when when you have something you want to uh, you want to push forward, you'll know whether or not it's going to rub somebody the wrong way, and be able to go talk to them ahead of time, and it just forges a. Um, it helps us get business of the town done more expeditiously, more carefully, and more thoughtfully if we all know what page we're on, right? Right, and and I think we all find the, the commonalities, right? So there are things that we all we all share. We all want the town to do well. well we all want we want to have open space. We want people to be happy and healthy, mm-hmm. um, and and so all the rest of those labels kind of disappear mm-hmm. because we're working for a common cause. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, Mo, what has been a big frustration for you since you've been uh, on town council? What, anything that surprised you or has frustrated you over the last year? That I, mean, I don't think I get really that frustrated with things. Yeah. I, um, I don't let it get to a, that, that kind of point. I think I've, I feel like I try to understand it yeah. more. Yeah, you've got right? that linear mind that's already working it out as it's happening I'm in like, real time. I'm like trying to figure out, like I like yeah. to know how things are and what, how things go. I feel like it's really important to have a little humor in life um, because then the bad things don't get you down as much, right? Absolutely um, right. I mean, maybe I'd, I'd phrase it a little differently. What do you see as one of the bigger challenges that we as a town face right now? I mean, what pops into your mind? You say, man, well, we got to address that. Well, I think what I'm excited about or interested in is the next budget meeting. Mm-hmm. So the town council is going to meet with, there's a budget subcommittee. Mm-hmm. They're going to meet with the um the school committee and everyone else that's involved, you know, all the other, the partners, yep. all the, like the, the police and the fire chief and everybody to actually discuss the budget for mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a, like really important. One of the, one of our things that we need to keep in our front of our minds all the time. Right. It's right. how we're going to, how are we going to balance the budget for next year? You know, I, it, cause uh, I really feel like we need to be safe. So I want, I'm a big safety geek and, and, <laughs> In mm-hmm. <laughs> the lab, I be- I became like one of the. I worked for the Children's Hospital in their laboratory safety group, mm-hmm. and so um, safety is really important to me. So when there's an issue that comes up about um, maybe we could be safer, yeah, um, it's yeah. you know we need to work on stuff like that. Yeah. So Mel, outside of the town council, what do you like to do? I know you love farming. You love gardening. 
Yes. And everything. Is that, uh, is that what a, a lot of your time is taken up doing? Um, well, actually, you know, I, I like to run. Mm-hmm. So I take my dog for a run. through. That. I go through all the different open spaces with uh, Rosie. Yeah. You might see her around a lot. Yep. I actually do agility with her. Uh-huh. And if... Uh, those of you who are friends of mine on Facebook, you just saw Rosie go through a nice agility run last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I go to Masterpiece Training, with dog training, which is here in Franklin. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's so many different things that I like to do. So, and, and I like to make cheese with Nick and yogurt with Nick Hoffman's milk, right? I mean, that it's like we actually have a dairy in town. Did you know that? No. I'm, yeah. I'm, so we have like one of the best raw milk places in the in the county. What's the name of the dairy again? Hoffman Farm. Hoffman Farms. And where are they located? It, they're off of Daniel Street on Hoffman Farm Road. Purchased directly through them? Yep. At Daniel Street? At the, at the farm stand. Uh, I get my milk there every week and make yogurt and uh, make cheese when he has a lot of extra milk. He, he might have to get a couple more cows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, Thanks to you. So, but... <laughs> But one of the other things I, I think is really important yeah. um, that I've been, uh, I think we need to think of as a community is that to get these farmers to succeed, we need to give them other ways to succeed. So um, what I would like to see, this is like one of these uh, pie in the sky kind of dreams mm-hmm. for soon would be, uh, not well, maybe not soon, but uh, someday would be really interesting to have a kind of a community kitchen that's a commercial kitchen mm-hmm. where our farmers can go bring their produce in make value-added products to, to sell at their farm stand or at the farmers market from their own produce mm-hmm. right and then have it have it as like a a bakery incubator or a or a, or a kitchen incubator for other people like kids or or adults, anyone. I could see some crossover maybe with a food pantry in a way. Food pantry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and there's um, today's special that I think, I don't know if you know that group, that, that could could use kind of like a, a, a commercial kitchen and it could be a, we could rent it out to people. So it'd be a real a kind of a communal gathering spot. Yeah, I think so. Right. I think so. Be in, And, you know, people would could rent it and mm-hmm. they could... Or they could maybe you know someday could be it could be a communal spot. It would be really cool, right? Somebody has like a coffee and they're or like you could taste do new things. You know what I I love about this thinking, Mel, is that it's um it's crazy. Well, no, but I mean I right (laughs) yeah. In addition to being crazy, but it's to me it's not because what you're saying is all all of these ideas bring people home. They keep them at home. In other words, Franklin is our home. We love this community, Um, and. You know, I, whenever I see ads, well, Franklin's perfectly situated halfway between Boston and Providence. And, you know, I think to myself, how much fun have I had just staying in Franklin yeah. and taking advantage of some of the stuff going on? This week uh, weekend, I think we'll both be at an event over at uh, La Cantina uh, Winery. Yes. Um, but it's great because you get to meet your neighbors. You get to. And every time you do this, you're putting money back into your community, too. The right. Black Box has become a favorite spot of mine. Um, so I love all of these ideas because we're talking about enriching our community and the people that live in it right we were talking also about small businesses and like you go downtown you're like oh no, i want want other things to happen here you know i th- i think i i'm a big proponent for the snet trail yeah oh yeah right and and if we could bring that closer to downtown franklin i mm-hmm. think that would that would give opportunities for new types of businesses to pop up right absolutely and and it would just bring people it would get people of all abilities 
downtown without having to worry about parking. Um, you could you can exercise as a family, right? And create a bond as a family. Absolutely. And then go to the ice cream store. And meet your neighbors. To, yeah. Meet your neighbors. Go down to the cake bar. Have right. a cupcake and then right. bike home or yeah. bike to the other end of the of the trail. And you know, and it brings people in from other towns. A hundred percent. And you know what, Mel, you mentioned downtown. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that for a second. I was down there for a ribbon cutting for something. I've forgotten whether, what stroll it was. Um, and I just, I was there to observe and, uh, I saw one of the town, it might've been Matt, uh, Kelly, uh, and I said, you know something? I said, I'm looking around this town. I've been here since 1985 and I'm looking around at the buildings. I'm looking at downtown. I'm saying, man, this came out great. It is absolutely gorgeous down there. Yeah. When I moved to Franklin, it was because real estate was too expensive in Needham. So we started driving west. <laughs> and we got to Franklin. And with due respect to folks that have been in Franklin around mid-80s, the downtown was awfully tired. And as soon as I pulled in, I looked at the buildings and I said, I think we can afford this place. <laughs> oh, no. You know? And that's not the case anymore. And, I, yeah. I, you know, look, I love Franklin from the day I moved in. But um, downtown is a great, great success story, in my opinion. And that yeah. includes the traffic flow, by the way. Yeah, I well, I guess I really didn't pay too much attention to it until um, we bought the Agway, to be honest with you. Right. I, wasn't, I was really not in the town that much. Yeah. Neil was the lucky fellow who got to be in town. He knew people. Yeah. Um, it wasn't me. And so when I was... I, believe you mean that one of the harvest festivals I a believe couple of years ago it. yes it was our first time it was our first event that that's we right. could be in it that i was out there the same day um, we were working together that's actually one of the first times i met you yeah yeah, yeah. and so um it w- i think it was it's really fantastic for the downtown that we can actually close off that part of main street for the strawberry strawberry stroll and Mm -hmm. the harvest festivals get people down in that area it's really it's so much fun as being a vendor like i just sit there and like i love it when there's live music because i dance around right right i can't help it right Uh, and and i think i just get energy from people yeah so like the more people that are there the more energy there is it's just so much fun well you know what mel um as a uh uh Franklin resident, I want to thank you for uh, your service on the town council. And I will tell you that your smile <laughs> well, you. and your energy, you're the one giving people energy. And not the only one to say that. And I have to also compliment you on your new television program, which we're going to oh. plug right now. So right. tell, us, tell yes. us about that. because <laughs> I forgot it's all exciting. about that. Yeah, you're a television star. Yeah. So um, I've been hosting the Franklin Farms and Gardens this this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Franklin Gardens mm-hmm. and it was at the Cass's house. I don't know if you know you know the cast is right, and it was and and Ken Norman was the host sure. at oh, that yeah. time, right? Yep. And then he said to me, "Hey, do you want to do you want to do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah. And then I'm like, "Why? What am I doing this now?" <laughs> but so we followed kind of like Sue and Colin Cass's garden through the season, and then we started to go off into the farms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we went to the Giannetti's blueberry farm. Yeah. We've gone to Nick Hoffman's dairy farm. Sure. We've gone to Terrapin Farm. Which is our yeah? Which is where our, our very first hemp uh, farm. F- another fascinating subject, is right? Yeah. Franklin Farms and Gardens is on Tuesdays and Fridays at six o'clock, and then it's on Saturdays at three thirty. Super. Um, so take a look for Mel's television program. Importantly, 
get down to Agway, introduce yourself to Mel and Neil. You won't be disappointed. There's always something. That you can't walk <laughs> out of there without grabbing something. because Some, Always as, something new. I, I love what you said, a hardware store. For your lifestyle. For your lifestyle. Yeah. I love that. Mel, thanks a million for coming in. Well, thanks for inviting me, story. Jim. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you at Agway soon. Okay, good. Thanks, right. everybody. So for Mel Hamblin, my name's Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.